Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Now let's face it, everyone needs insurance. So when you need to renew your cover, the on the grid hot tip is to give our mates at City Rural Insurance Brokers a call. City Rural have been dealing with the insurance industry for years and they've got more than 50 years of industry experience. Need insurance for your business? They'll sort it. Are you a landlord and want to cover your rental properties or investments? They're your people. Or are you like me and need professional cover in case you say something silly on a podcast? City Rural can sort that too. They did it for me and it was super easy. The best thing of all is that City Rural are, like you and I, motorsport people. If you've watched car racing this year, you might have even seen their logo on cars like the legendary Richard Mork Super Ute, among others. They know our game and they know the people that follow it. So support the people who back our industry. And when you need to throw a new setup at your insurance cover, drop Andrew and his team at City Rural Insurance Brokers a line and they'll fix you up. Head to cityrural.au or follow the links on the racetalk.com. City Rural, better cover, better service. Delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the racetalk.com. This is On the Grid. Welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com or on the Radio Show Limited to RS1. Thank you for joining us. Big show coming your way this week. We're going to catch up with Todd Hazelwood. Of course, uh, his supercar career finishes after Adelaide next week. Hopefully that'll be renewed in 2005. But for the moment, Todd doesn't have a drive for 2024. We'll talk to him about that and much more as well. Josh Bucker, now brand new TCR champion, also joins us to have a chat about uh, his life at the moment. It's going pretty good, having won the uh, TCR championship up at Bathurst on the weekend. Richard Kyle and Mark Walker to give us their hots and knots, our Caltex hots and knots, all that and more to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world on The Grid. All right, joining me as always off the top of the program, Richard Crowell. Welcome back from Bathurst, my friend. Oh, it's always a good place to be, Shebex. Hello to you. Now, just a little word for the listener to stick around in the podcast because while we've got some great guests, Shebex, but what yeah. we've also got is a competition. Ooh. And this is so new to the show that even you don't know what it is yet. So coming up after our next guest, we will run you through a competition where you could get some pretty cool access hilarious stuff to the Velo Adelaide 500 oh. next week. So stick around. Yes. Just don't don't fast forward. Listen to our guests because I'm sure they'll be brilliant. Uh, but there is a cool competition coming your way a little bit later on in the podcast. All right, beautiful stuff. Well, let's get our guest on then so we can chat to him and find out about these prizes that you're talking about. Uh, it's been a tough year, 2023, for our first guest. And unfortunately got really tough over the last couple of weeks where he had to announce that he won't be a full-time driver in supercars for 2024 but hopefully it's just a sidestep for one year and things change in 25 we speak of course of todd hazelwood who joins us for a chat g'day todd how are you feeling g'day gentlemen no look i'm doing pretty good thank you um no all going well here and uh yeah onwards and upwards as they say uh, the timing of the announcement, obviously, BRT needed to make their plans for next year come to fruition. But was was there a plan in place about this or was it just a, a natural evolution of where you were at in deciding the next phase of your career? Um, look, I guess, yeah, part of me obviously wanted to stay with the team at BRT. But, you know, I guess Tim and John had to put their big boy pants on and make a decision what's best for the business moving forward. And, um, yeah, it's uh, unfortunately three. there was three drivers trying to, going into two seats. So, um, you know, unfortunately I missed out, but um, look, it's not all bad. So I guess one door closes. There's been a lot of doors that have opened in the last couple of months for me. And I guess, you know, it's not the first time in my career where I've been put in this, I guess, awkward or, you know, left left to the curb sort of position before. So 
I guess third time around, it's it hasn't been so much of a rude shock. You certainly become more aware of the fact that you know these things happen in our industry more often than not, and um, yeah, you just got to deal with it and, and move on. It's as simple as that. But um, yeah, I'm a big believer that uh, you got to fall forwards. Doesn't matter what happens, you as long as you keep falling forward and you keep making progress, uh, that's got to be the main the main outcome. So yeah, I've uh, as I said, got plenty of good opportunities moving forward. So. I certainly won't be bored next year. I'll be keeping myself very busy, which is uh, quite exciting. Todd, would it be fair to say that this came as a bit of a surprise to you or did you feel that it was probably around the corner? I mean, unfortunately for you and the team, the results haven't been what you would have wanted in 2023. So was there a feeling in yourself that maybe this could be there? Um, look, I don't I don't think the results or, or even the, uh, the work ethic or whatever you want to call it, everything that we did at BRT, I don't think that was a, you know, the common deciding factor of me losing a speed, uh, seat with the team. Um, you know, it's really come down as a business decision and, um, you know, Tim and John still wanted me in the team. So I think for me, it wasn't necessarily, you know, knowing that things weren't going as planned because we did, we were having a lot of challenges in within the team that were probably putting a hand behind my back with what we wanted to achieve. So, um, you know, we're all aware of the challenges. So, um, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of, you know, it's, it's a chapter in my career. I'll, I'll move on and I'm sure the team at BRT will and we've, we've all finished, you know, this part of their chapter on good terms. So it's not all bad. Uh, on the upside, I'd suggest now there's a very good chance you're a contender for the Co-Drivers Cup next year, the most prestigious trophy in supercars. Oh, exactly. Yeah, who doesn't want? I haven't won that before. So <laughs> no. I'll have to try and add that to my list. <laughs> Seriously, though. Uh, on that, I mean, does it give you a little bit of confidence? And, and this might have been a very different scenario even five years ago, but there's been so many stories of late of drivers stepping out from full time, going back into co-driver land, but then injecting themselves back into that full time market. So do you take a lot of confidence out of a Richie Stanaway story, for example, that I know is not, not completely similar to what you're going through, but in the same way, he stepped out of that main game seat and has found himself back and arguably in a much, much better ride for, for next year. So do you take confidence out of that? Does it give you a bit of support, I guess, knowing that that's very much an opportunity these days? Oh, 100%. And um, I guess the way I look at it as well, I've been in the sport for six years now, the top tier of the sport in supercars. You know, once I graduated out of the Super 2 Championship and to be honest, Crowley, it's been a been a pretty tough journey. I guess every year I look back, there's been a huge element of frustration. Some of the things that I was controlling, but a lot of the factors that were just simply out of my control. Um, so just simply not surrounding myself with the right people at the right time to, to get the results that I want to get. And um, to go from, I guess, to make a big step in supercars, you need to have all the ingredients to, to get those results. So um, I guess for me, looking back at it now that I've had a few months to probably accept the, the situation and, and work out what I do next. It certainly painted a picture for me, I guess, you know, if I keep trying to scrambling, just trying to desperately stay on the grid and not necessarily surrounding myself with the right people, I'm never going to get the results that I personally want to get in the sport. So I guess me taking that side step away from a full-time role, but potentially, you know, looking at something that might be more beneficial for me in the future. Um, I guess that's uh, my plan of attack in the next uh, few weeks to try and, essentially position myself in that scenario. So um, that's, you know, a perfect world. You know, obviously we look at, you know, recent stories of Lee Holdsworth, you know, lost his drive at Tickford, one Bathurst the following year. Obviously Stanaway is a great story where, you know, essentially retired four, three, 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 four years ago and come back as a Bathurst champion. You know, not to say that's going to happen to me, but, you know, I guess that's the way you got to look at these things. It's not all bad when you take a full step away because, you know, like I said before, you know, sometimes you have to walk away. And uh, when you walk away, sometimes a new opportunity presents itself that you never thought would happen. So, uh, yeah, watch the space. Is there an element as well of seeking some enjoyment out of this next year, out of, out of not necessarily rediscovering the passion for the sport? Because the one thing I do know about you, mate, is that you are totally committed and passionate to it. And that hasn't seemed to have left. But is there an element of going back and finding a position that you can actually just go and enjoy your motor racing again? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Crowley. Look, I guess the big thing that's been missing in the last few years of the sport for me is just pure results. You know, everyone at the top tier of the sport, we all 
we're all driven by success and you got to take the small wins, you know, you know, whether that's, you know, finishing inside the top 10 or getting a shootout appearance, all these little things are the, I guess, the key ingredients that keep you motivated, keep you hungry. But I guess, you know, particularly for me, the last few years, I've had more, a lot more bad days and good days, which that frustration eats at you. And I've, you know, personally feel that I've got the ingredients. I've got the goods uh, to succeed in this game. I just, yeah, as I said before, I just need to surround myself with the right people and, get myself that right opportunity, which is, hey, that's what everyone in this industry is all trying to do. We're all trying to win races, and um, it's a lot easier said than done, but I'm still embracing the hustle. I'm still hungry. You know, still at, there's a big part of me that still has unfinished business within supercars, so I'm not going to just drop the ball and, and, you know, kick my feet across the ground and go, poor me. You know, I'm still actively trying to do whatever I can to best position myself moving forward. But, yeah, I guess... Another part to that, what you were mentioning, finding that fun element back into it. And I guess the one thing that is exciting me for next year is that I've got a huge, a huge amount of time to actually do some other cool stuff, which never had that luxury of time before. So I guess there's a few things that come to mind. There's been some other categories I've always wanted to ex- you know, explore and expand, uh, which I just haven't had that time or luxury before. So whether it's something in an off- off-roading space, um, or even just some other support category stuff, maybe race overseas. I've never raced overseas professionally before. So, um, hey, who knows? But, um, yeah, I guess even from outside of racing, what does Todd Hazel want to do, say, in the next five years? That's something I'm also trying to weigh up at the moment and sort of position myself professionally moving forward. Jumpy trucks. I reckon that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> go, jump, go and race jumpy trucks in the States. Yeah, Not that's bad. the <laughs> Mate, they would love you over there. They would froth over you in one <laughs> they of those would, things. They would, wouldn't they? <laughs> what, what about a Mark 1 Zephyr restoration on YouTube, though? I, I like a bit of that. It's good content. Yeah, thank thank you, mate. Yeah, it's uh, as you know, it's been 16 years too long this project's been going for. But, uh, yeah, I'm actually excited because I'm getting stuck right into it now and um, basically going to be releasing a, a new episode on YouTube at least two to three times a month. So I'm trying to capture as much of the of the project as I can, because I'd like to look back at it and say 10 years time ago, that's a pretty cool journey, but also, yeah, get people to tune in and see what's going on. You know, although I'm classified as a professional race car driver, I like to have a bit of fun in the shed, as you know, and um, I guess people get to see maybe the real me and see who, who I am and what I'm all about. And yeah, having some fun with some um, pretty like-minded blokes who are all trying to help me stitch this old girl back together. So it's been a lot of fun. Nice also to, close this chapter of your life on your home track effectively yeah exactly it's pretty cool yeah it's it pretty much where it all started so um yeah who knows yeah i guess it's my whole family would be there and um yeah it will be nice to um i guess sign off on what's been a six years in a row of, of supercar driving full time but hey as i said I'll, I'll i'll be keeping myself busy next year i'll still be at the track or still be at the supercar events so i certainly won't be a stranger so don't worry about that. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm sure that's the case. And you were talking about surrounding yourself with the right people earlier on. Uh, they say you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. I don't know if you'd want to pick anyone else for your family because they have been so supportive of you and I suppose have really helped you through some tough times. Oh, 100%. Family means everything to me and, um, you know, incredibly grateful for your mum, dad and my sister and, and even my partner, Alice. We've all been on this crazy journey for a long time now and, um, Outside of my family, there's is I was trying to work it out the other day. It'd be it's like thousands of people that have literally contributed to my racing program in the last twenty years. Whether it's go karts and Formula Three and Super Two and supercars, it's um so many people involved. And I guess looking back at that, it's pretty special to think how many cool people I've worked with, um, how many you know special people I've rubbed shoulders with. But just to have that genuine support from people and also have that respect still up and down pit lane. I'm uh. Big believer, you know, I remember someone told me when I was still pretty young, he said, you know, in business or in sport, you can be an arsehole or you can be, you know, a well, well-mannered well man and and be humble and be respectful and you look back in your career and, and your results will probably be the same. Now, you know, some people say nice guys finish second, but um, you know, I guess the one thing that has been nice in this last few months and getting lots of phone calls from people within the industry and it's nice to still have that respect from I guess the key identities, which for me means a lot. So, um, mm. yeah, it's trying to stay core to my roots, and you know, big big part of that was how I was brought up by my uh, by my mum and dad. I guess. 
uh, let's actually talk a little bit of car racing. Adelaide 500, world's greatest street circuit, but you've now got a couple of rounds of street circuit experience under your belt with Gen 3. And I think Surface Paradise probably surprised a few people because I think there were a few predictions of Doom getting around that the cars would be no good, that they'd break, that they'd be unreliable. But the product on street circuits this year has arguably been the strongest point, I think, of of where Gen 3 is at at the moment. So what do we expect going into Adelaide and how do you think these two 250k races will play out? Yeah, I guess, yeah, exactly what you said, Krause. We we all went into Sandown with, I guess, questions about the car. We went to Bathurst about questions about the car. Then we went to Gold Coast about, you know, questioning the reliability and it's been tick, tick, tick all the way through. So, um, yeah, I guess the best thing that come out of Gold Coast that the racing was insane, you know, close to, you know, Ford, Ford versus Chev battles um, up and down pit lane. And, um, yeah, hopefully we get that again at Adelaide, I think. You know, traditionally, Gold Coast is probably not the best racetrack because you're limited by passing opportunities, whereas Adelaide, you've got passing opportunity galore uh, in, in comparison. So, you know, I think last year's track, uh, last year's race, sorry, Adelaide 500 was pretty chaotic. You know, gloves are off, as we say. It's the final round. Everyone wants to finish the year happy and get a good result. So I'm sure everyone will be uh, turning up the intensity dial and trying to have a big red-hot crack to try and finish the season out. I know I personally will be. So, um, look, hey, bring it on. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be heaps of fun, mate, and it's going to be heaps of fun seeing you going around and hopefully getting a podium at Adelaide to finish off 2023 would just be uh, pretty special, I would have thought. Oh, 100%. That would be the icing on the cake to, uh, yeah, get some taste and success at the home track. Um, yeah, I got my first Super 2 win there back in uh, 2017. So, hey, I dare to dream. I'll be pushing hard. Don't worry about that. I'll be well, that- looking forward to it. That, I reckon, will be the thing that gets a louder cheer than the Premier did last year. Uh-huh. That's still the loudest cheer I've ever heard at that joint. And he got a bigger cheer than Craig Lowndes did. But I think you on the podium in front of all of your Adelaide faithful, or oh, that might bump the Premier off top spot, I reckon. That'd be a good that, moment. That, that'd be a special night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I don't, don't think you remember much about it, but it would be bloody good. Well done, <laughs> mate. Um, thanks for jumping on. Yeah, that, that'd be so good. Um, thanks for jumping on, mate. It's been great. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel at Todd Hazelwood on YouTube because it is good content. I'm a sucker for a uh, car restoration YouTube, so that's a bit of me. So well done and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, in the great state of South Australia once again next week, Todd. Thank you, gentlemen. Always a pleasure to catch up on the show here and um, thanks for all the kind words over the season so far. Appreciate it. No, and always a pleasure to have you on board as well, mate. Uh, Todd Hazelwood joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right, Krausey, uh, great to speak to Todd Hazelwood. Also great to speak to our next guest as well. Oh, big scenes on the mountain, Shebex, with a genuinely dramatic decider in Super Cheap Auto TCR Australia. Super Cheap, their, their marketing slogan is make it super, and TCR did that on the weekend because <laughs> it was a hell of a show. Uh, and after a pretty tumultuous couple of races, this guy came out on top and is the champion for this year from HMO Customer Racing. Josh Bucken joins us. And on our Zoom call as we record this, he's still punching the air. Hello, mate. <laughs> and congratulations. Uh, what a what a weekend that was for you, my friend. Well done. Yeah. Hey, fellas. Um, yeah, mate, what a great two weeks in sport, not only for <laughs> me, but for our category. I mean, yeah. Um, mm. It was insane. I'm just happy to be involved with it. Um, even happier that I get to wear the number one next year at the end of it. And um, yeah, mate, I'm I'm happy to be done with some car racing for season 23 after that. <laughs> You're right, Josh. It It's hard enough to win a championship at the best of times, but to also have a X factor of all these internationals coming in to sort of spice up the race a bit. That must, was that exciting or frustrating? No, for me it was exciting. It's actually quite funny um, that you mention it. If if it was if the Euros counted for our points system, I would have been in the lead um, a lot earlier than what I was. Um, I had a grand old time in Sydney, um, <laughs> punching on with those blokes. So uh, yeah, I, I had some good results in Sydney. Probably not as good as what um, I, I may have if if the rain hadn't come down and we made a couple of errors uh, with with some tire pressures. Uh, for that first race, but um, no, look, racing with those guys was, um, you know, everything that I could have hoped for leading up to it. I've said a couple of times, I, I probably wasn't 
um, as bullish going into it, thinking it was going to be as, as good as what the poster had advertised it was going to be. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was ridiculous. It was good to be, it was, uh, well, wasn't just good. It was amazing to be involved. Um, and from all accounts, it was pretty good to watch as well. It, it really was. And the number of comments I've had that Sydney, not just the best TCR Australia racing they've had, but possibly the best touring car racing that we've had in this country this year. Um, those three races were all extraordinary. And man, those guys just bought another level. But at the same time, I think our Australian series should be extremely proud, yourself included, of where we're at because we ran with them toe-to-toe, both at Sydney and Bathurst. Yeah, look, the the general consensus up and down the grid um, off the camera, uh, not only um, from drivers, but from the media, from WTCR, well, uh, World Tour rather, um, and from all the bodies was that the Australian series was the most competitive series in the world outside of the World Tour. So all the all the drivers were like, man, you guys are quick. This is awesome. Like, you guys smash more than us. Like, they actually, <laughs> um, the, the rhetoric going in was, can we hang with them? And, and, and it was, you know, a little bit the opposite at the start. They, they, they were just keeping up with us. So, yeah, it was, it was great. I'm so glad I was involved. I'll throw this question to both of you because you're sort of involved in, in some way, Richard, through PR and Josh, obviously, through driving. Would it be fair to say that the last couple of weeks is probably a period of time, and, I, and I'm not saying that TCR hasn't been good in the past, but is this a, a come-of-age period for TCR the last two weeks? Is this something that's really absolutely lifted it up to, to the next level? You go, Josh. Um. Oh, mate, I've got an opinion on this, and, and I've kind of touched on it before. I, I didn't think that the World Tour rounds were going to give it a kick in the ass that it that everyone thought it would. But after being involved uh, as a driver, I can honestly see people doing the entire Australian Championship just to have a ticket to be involved in those two rounds because mm. – you know, one day you're going to be able to say that you ra- you raced in a two rounds of the World Championship or a round of the World Championship or whatever it was. Um, and, you know, there's no other category in, on the planet you can do that as, as easily as what you can in TCR. And if you think you've got the skill set and you want to try and back it up, where else can you do it? I mean, GT is close, but not quite the same. The, the cars aren't as get in and, and talent will make it work straight away. I mean, the the testing restrictions or the budgets aren't quite as big in TCR, so it, it's a little bit easier to get up to speed uh, for the talented guys. Um, you know, you, you try and get into a GT car for a one-off round against Morrow Engel, you're going to get slapped. So <laughs> I think that I think the TCR thing is a lot more accessible. I think that the show that was put on was tremendous. I really think it can give a new lease on life to the category, but but not not the one maybe people thought. I, I think that it definitely has um, – th- this is just a totally different element that's in there, and, and I think it's going to be something that people build to every year. But Supercars has the 1,000. We have the World Tour. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. The other thing I think is as well, this weekend, Ben Barguan is at Macau. Um, so that shows that you can take people out of Australia and go race internationally as well, which I think will be a carrot for some people as well. And then um, he had a pretty tough weekend at Bathurst, but hopefully Will Brown still qualifies immediately for the world final. Are you in? Are you going to qualify for that, Josh? Do you have enough uh, I, I think I think I got bumped from that, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I, I was in there, um, and uh, they, they pretty close. Yeah, I, I am very close. I, I qualify as part of the top sixty, but not yeah. as a part of the. 50. You have to race your way um, in then, but like the, yeah. the top the top fifteen get automatic qualification, and um, and I think that as TCR builds and as they build the World Tour, especially that lure to get to that world final and, and go and race these things internationally and possibly win what's looking likely next year to be an FIA accredited thing as well. Um, I think that's a cool little carrot as well. And I think that these last two weeks have proved that. Um, how disappointed were you that your good buddy, Mikkel Athcona fenced it under the safety car and you didn't have your race away to the end in race three? Mate, I was pumped. <laughs> <laughs> 
I was uh, I was extremely happy that uh, Mikel decided to fence it, and I could just cruise on home. Um, you know, in in championship mode, your senses are heightened like never before. I thought, you know, bits of the car were falling off. I thought things were breaking. So I was just happy to when I when I heard that they're going to finish on the safety car. I was like, can you confirm that? Because that would be amazing. <laughs> Let this be over. <laughs> that was the weirdest thing that happened. Yeah, it was. Yeah, very bizarre, wasn't it? It was. It was strange. It was strange. Did Did you spend much time with the BRC Squadra Corsa guys? I mean, we Norby, I think, is going to buy property in Australia because he has totally fallen in love with the place. <laughs> but did Did you spend much time with those guys? And and was there much in the way of how they operated that you went, "Oh, that's different to how you guys roll at HMO." Uh, so, oh, look, yeah, they, they do operate very differently. And I, I said leading in, that was probably something I was extremely interested in seeing how they operate, what their processes are, if they can do something better than us, why is it better? Um, and they, they do run a completely different show. I mean, you know, not to mention the fact they've got their own shop revalve thing yeah. out the back of the shed, um, every session. Um, we, we don't have that, but, um, uh, yeah, like the the drivers, I got along uh, quite well with Mikel and uh, and Norby. We we always slapped five before we went out, and best of luck. And there was actually quite a few times uh, throughout Sydney and Bathurst where we were behind each other or in front of one another or whatever it might be. Both of the boys actually, and um, you know, we were both or all three of us were, were extremely respectful with our space, and I made it clear to them that. You know, I understand you're in the fight for a championship, and I, you know, don't don't feel like you need to block me if I'm behind you, like I'm everyone else. Just drive straight, and unless you make a mistake, I'm not going to do anything silly. So we mm-hmm. actually got along really well in that respect. Um, the teams didn't talk at all, to be totally honest. Um, yep. They're Italian. They doesn't matter <laughs> if you're in the same colors your enemies until it's all said and done yeah. so there was some words exchanged after Bathurst just you know about our collaboration and stuff like that but during the two events there was nothing um and uh yeah up and down the grid I, I got along really well with um the, the two Audi boys Rob mm. and uh and Fred um I probably spent the most time chatting to them um and Jan Elishay so me and Jan have been talking since the event um just about life and general rubbish so he's a weapon um yeah, yeah, super good dude. Um, yeah, if one of the Hyundai boys can't do it, then uh, Jan or Rob, I'll, uh, I'll flip a coin for either of them. So, uh, yeah, and that's another element, right? Like now I'm, you know, friends with a, like four world champions. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It was such a cool, it was just such a cool fortnight. And as you said, a, a great few weeks for sport. And it really was just genuinely the vibe was was so good. Um, how do you reflect on the year, mate? It's been an arm wrestle since round one, since Tassie. Um, and you've never been more than a few points either in the lead or a few points behind. Most of it with your teammate battling it. Um, how do you reflect on this season? What do you take out of this season and perhaps what you've learned about yourself and you as a driver? Yeah, so like it kind of started last year. I, um, you know, Tony obviously won the title, deserved deserved it wholeheartedly. Um, but it was clear that he wasn't the fastest car. That, that last year was Jay Hansen by a mile. Um, and there was probably times where I, I feel like I gave away some points. And then looking back, I'm like, oh, I lost the title by 35 points or something. I reckon I've given away 50 or 60. So the whole, whole aim this year was take the Dalberto approach of take the championship as a chamois and squeeze every drop out of it that you possibly can. And and that doesn't mean go and win every race and be a hero. That meant the opposite. That meant the chips, when the chips are down, which in TCR is pretty much every round, unless you're the fast car. I had one round this year where I was the fastest car. Um, you have to win that round. Um, that was Phillip Island for me. Yeah. And the rest of the time, you have to finish best possible position you can at all times. So if that's a seventh, you have to embrace the seventh. If that's a third or a second, you have to embrace that and not look at it as if, uh, you know, I haven't won. You look at it as I, I've finished and I've scored good points and I'm just buying myself a ticket to the last round 
that's what I did. I I knew coming in there, I had nothing to lose. So I was ribbing Bailey as much as I could. <laughs> I knew qualifying well was good. Um, race one, I, I pushed really hard um, and, and that was good. And that set the weekend up for me. And, you know, yes, he had some troubles, but, um, you know, it, it, it was, it started Thursday in Tasmania for our unofficial practice day. Um, when, when that was the aim, uh, we, we, I sat down with my side of the garage and, and said, this is what we're doing. And we all bought in. They worked hard. I worked hard. And yeah, it's just such a relief and uh, a, a pleasure to reward the team with, you know, with what we've done. So um, yeah, learned that. It's lovely when a plan comes together. How do you spend your time in the off-season, mate? Do you get a bit of downtime? Do you get to go away a bit, just chill out, pull back? Um, yeah, well, I've lost my platinum frequent flyer with Virgin. So I'm, I've got two trips to Perth coming up, which are going to be great. Um, one's for Hyundai, one's for personal. So that's going to boost the points nicely. Nice. Uh, I'm racing a Formula 5000 next weekend at Sydney. Which you know, in all honesty, I've been looking forward to that all year. Yeah, um, I, I love, you know, I love my TCR racing. It it gives me the platform to to do these sorts of things. Um, but these weekends, jumping into other stuff here and there is 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 probably what I love just as much. It's just so good to just do the driving thing and and in such great machines as well. Um, and then uh, yeah, just a few bits and pieces with some some road car stuff with some guys I work for and yeah, hit the showers, do it all again next year. And you're going to run number one, right? That's it. If, uh, if Hyundai approves it, they're all pretty keen. Then we'll run the number one. And if they don't, and I'm sure Barry wants to run it. So I'll at least do one yeah. round with it just to get some photos. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be in at least one round. Nice. Good on you, mate. Congratulations. A, uh, a successful year for you, 2023. Let's hope 2024 can be just as good, if not better. Yeah, mate, he's hoping. He is hoping. Thank you very much. Josh well done, Bucken joining us here on The Grid. We'll be back to more On The Grid in just a second. Now, let's face it. Everyone needs insurance. So when you need to renew your cover, the On The Grid hot tip is to give our mates at City Rural Insurance Brokers a call. City Rural have been dealing with the insurance industry for years, and they've got more than 50 years of industry experience. Need insurance for your business? They'll sort it. Are you a landlord and want to cover your rental properties or investments? They're your people. Or are you like me and need professional cover in case you say something silly on a podcast? City Rural can sort that too. They did it for me and it was super easy. The best thing of all is that City Rural are, like you and I, motorsport people. If you've watched car racing this year, you might have even seen their logo on cars like the legendary Richard Mork Super Ute, among others. They know our game, and they know the people that follow it. So support the people who back our industry. And when you need to throw a new setup at your insurance cover, drop Andrew and his team at City Rural Insurance Brokers a line, and they'll fix you up. Head to cityrural.au or follow the links on theracetalk.com. City Rural, better cover, better service. And now, back to the podcast. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. And joining us, as he does always at this time of the program, Mark Walker. Good day to you, buddy. Tony Shebeki, Richard Crail. How about that? Mount Panorama. <laughs> uh, sure uh, it fails to uh, live it up to its expectation, does it? It, it sure does. It sure it was. It was pretty epic. Now, before we launch into what I imagine is going to be straight into Hots and Knots, um, we've got a competition at the start of the show. You heard... Uh, our great supporters, City Rural Insurance, who have been great backers of our show in the second half of this year. Uh, they are offering up exclusive, Tony and Mark, exclusively mm-hmm. to listeners of On The Grid and readers of At The Race Talk, uh, a couple of exclusive pit and garage tours of the Truck Assist Racing team, and in particular, the Chevy Camaro driven by a friend of the show, Jack LeBrock. Fantastic. At the upcoming Velo Adelaide 500, exclusive to us. Uh, so the way you get on board is by the time this podcast goes live, there will be a post on our social channels. Uh, and all you need to do is go there, A, like the City Rural Facebook page, and B, tell us the three drivers that they have sponsored 
in Australian motor racing this year. Ooh. One of them's quite obvious because that's where the garage tour is. I'm just saying that's one of them, not rocket science. Uh, there are two others. Uh, one of them you should be able to work out pretty easily. The other one's a little left field, so you'll have to do some research. But very simple. Uh, we've got about 10 pit tours and that to organize, and there'll be some merch involved as well. So uh, jump onto the Facebook page. Make sure you like the City Rural page, but on the TRT Instagram and Facebook, jump on. Uh, tell us the three drivers that City Rural have sponsored this year, and we'll give you a fully guided tour around a supercar garage at the Velo Adelaide 500 in that one cool. week's time from this podcast dropping. That's pretty bloody good, isn't it? That's very good. Oh, I'll tell you what, I can't wait to add extra stuff into my mix for the Adelaide 500 weekend. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, it's, Richard. It's Thanks, not City be, Rural. It's not going to be busy enough, isn't it? No, no, it's. Uh, I, I think I got this one. It's all right. Uh, so thanks to Andrew, seriously, and his team for uh, for their ongoing support. And uh, yeah, jump online. Uh, the three drivers they've sponsored this year, they're in three different categories. I've got to tell you, I've been hanging around that truck assist area of late uh, over mm. the enduro races, and I am so very impressed by that team, that Matt Stone outfit. Yep. Uh it's a really good little team they've gathered there and their attitude and their willingness to help out. And they're just nice people. Like you don't often get that sort of group of people gathered together in one garage, but uh, they're a really good little bunch down there. Those uh, garage tours will be an absolute cracker. They certainly will be. All right. A couple of quick reviews before we get straight into our hots and knots, because we'll run over time if we don't. Uh, review of the weekend. We spoke TCR with Josh. Fantastic. But there were other categories up there and there were some other fantastic finishes as well, Richard. Well, James Moffat won a Trans Am title, but boy, he did it the hard way. Holy oh, moly! The, oh, I've, I've. It's rare that tension ratchets up so quickly uh, in a race like that did when he had was cut to the shot of him all skanked up sideways with the thing pouring fluid out, limping back, and was literally in a position to lose the championship with Lockie Dalton charging his way from the back of the field and passing car after car and got himself into a position where had Moff DNF, he would have won the title. Oh man, the the drama that place throws up in both TCR and Trans Am. Uh, and, and it's not nothing manufactured about it. It was legitimate, proper edge of your seat theater. And man, it was good. I'm, I'm so proud of Moff. Um, we've all known him for a long time. I think we all consider ourselves mates with him. And yep. so there's a, there's probably a personal connection, but imagine winning your first national championship like that. And doing it at Mount Panorama, a place where the family that you represent, their, their entire history is based on. Um, it's a pretty special moment, pretty special moment. And uh, well done to James for, for getting the thing out. And well done to JRM for fixing the thing and getting him home so he could be classified in that race. Unbelievable. It was such a roller coaster, you know, like oh, when they rolled out at the start, it's like, mm, I don't think Moff's got this, you know, you just, you never know with Trans Ams, the mm. way they've been racing lately, like even the second race was canned, you know, yeah. it, yep. they got no points there, which would have uh, worked to advantage them off. Then Lockie got fenced and then there's a massive pile up straight after that. And then the coolness of Alan Heapfee, you know, when yep. oh, it's all right, it's under control. We've bypassed it. He'll be right. He'll be able to bring this home. And then there's another massive oil down at the finish as well. Yeah. It never yeah. ended. It just kept giving and giving and giving that series. I mean, I, I guess we probably thought that Moff was going to win from the outset, you know, it's the car that won last year, but uh, it, they never made it easy for him. Yeah. man, And that's the way run. he would have liked it. I'm sure. Well, I, I don't know. I reckon he would have liked <laughs> to have won the race by a lap and <laughs> had the championship wrapped up on Saturday, but... Yeah, it was it was pretty cool drama. Uh, other good stuff. I thought Touring Car Masters was really good on the weekend. Mm. Uh, really good, entertaining racing, and that battle between Cam Tilly and John Bauer was a an absolute beauty on that Sunday race. They crossed the line side by side. JB still going down, swinging, no doubt about that. Still as good as he's ever been. And um, the final V8 Touring Car race. That the is final the final one. Yes, <laughs> that is the best seven car V8. That's the best seven car race I reckon I've ever called. That was so good. <laughs> It was nice of uh, Cam McLeod to handicap himself like that. That was Correct. very nice. He needed it, but uh, he drove well to get 0.7 in front by the time they crossed the line. Outstanding. It was very, good. Very it was good sport, though. Up it to really that point was. Too. It was. Uh, it was really good it to really, watch. It was such good sport. But even that, like the race before it, you know, yeah, ten car field and three of them have a massive crash of the cutting. Yeah. Correct. 
Correct. We had Rusty and I had the track is jammed in the back of our minds, but we didn't quite get to roll it out. But yeah, overall, it was genuinely good sport the whole weekend. I thought I just the categories put on a good show, really solid racing. Yeah, a lot of safety car, but that's Bathurst. Um, Proddy cars were good too. Yeah. Yep. What's going on in there? Um, and even the people that had big crashes have, you know, they've come out the other side and, and will ultimately be okay, which is great. So um, Dean Campbell and um, uh, Brad Tilly, of course. Mm. The remarkable thing, that Brad Tilly car, so I'm, I'll burn a hot now, but that Brad Tilly car, hot, the Mustang, strong as nails, because that car would have run on Sunday had Brad been okay to drive it. Mm. Yeah. Remarkably, despite doing the wall of death at Griffin's Bend, um, but it was the landing that got him and unfortunately mm. fractured a vertebrae. So Brad recovering, but Jamie stuck his hand out and said, Oh, I'll, I'll go and drive it. That'd be awesome. But because he hadn't gone through the process and qualified, he wasn't allowed to, but yeah, they, uh, 1966 Ford Mustangs, pretty tough. Not bad at all. Hey, uh, the good news is, is that you'll be back at Bathurst in 12 weeks time. Beauty. For a big double header. That's great. The 12 hour. And of course the first round of supercars confirmed because the calendar finally came out last week. You're joking. You're kidding. No, no, I did. Yeah. What are, what are we going to fill 20 minutes of not with then? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Very disappointing. Well, uh, I think Mark Can we find it. any knots inside the calendar? Uh, uh, well, yeah. 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 I, I mean, there's only 12, 12 rounds is probably still a knot, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. The yes. fact that they're racing once a month for the first, I think, six rounds, is it? Or five rounds or six rounds. Mm. It's just no momentum, Bill. Like, it just... You you said it here ages ago when you did your speculation piece when we thought that the calendar drop might be imminent, but uh, Simmons Plains in August, they must really dislike the people of Tasmania because yeah. that's just cruel punishment, isn't it? Yeah. It's going to be cold. Yeah. And and look, even Sydney Motorsport Park in July is going to be pretty pretty brisk for the night race, although Sydney's weather that time of year is generally pretty good, unfortunately. Uh, you know, like there's not a lot of innovation there and it's exactly what we expected. And certain parts of the calendar are locked in stone, you know, from Sandown onwards, that's what it's yeah. going to be. Townsville, Darwin, that has to be that time of year. That's the time of the year that it works there. But it's just, and it's stuck at 12 races because of this TV deal. If they have more races, it doesn't work out financially. They can't make it stack up. So they mm. didn't. So we're stuck with 12 races until this, TV deals up and someone comes in and wants to pay for more races. But the problem is it's hard to get momentum with 12 races. Yeah. Yeah. We've seen this series have 15 before they could run as many as they like, but it's just frustrating when you look around the world and you look what they're up against in the sporting landscape, you know, NASCAR 39 races a year, formula one, 23 ish races a year, NRL 31 weeks, AFL 28 weeks, cricket runs from, uh, December 14 to February 13, plus there's 45 Big Bash games and cricket goes all year round. So mm. you, you're up against every other sport that can capture headlines consistently the whole way through. We can't keep storylines going when there's a month between races. Yeah. Can we? No. Makes no, it hard. Exactly. Correct. Yeah, it's it's the sport's greatest challenge at the moment, I think. I yeah. think it's it's massive, but, but I will come to the calendar a little bit later on because I do have some thoughts on the more overall calendar about things. What do we think about the sprint race format going to two 60-minute timed races? And V8 Sleuth did the story the other day that it actually works out to be more, so it's much less races in terms of number of races, which I'm not actually opposed to. I think that's, that's not terrible, but... Um, it actually works out to be slightly more track time. Mm-hmm. Um, what do we think? I don't know. Do we like it? I really like the time 60-minute races in GT World Challenge. Yes, admittedly, completely different form of the sport, but it fits in a nice window. It, it allows for a little bit of strategy to unfold. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm on the fence at the moment. I, I can't decide whether I think it's a good move or not. I honestly don't know. I, I don't think it really matters in the greater scheme of things if it's a lap count or a time thing, but... Um... The, the problem is if your racing's dull, race starts are often the most exciting bit. Yeah. So, I mean, if the racing the race next year is going to be rubbish mm-hmm. and we're eliminating a third of the race starts, then mm-hmm. you're probably eliminating a third of your possible action. Potentially. Uh, I suppose the, the, other thing, the other thing from my point of view also is under safety car, it, timed races become a bit of a 
chore because obviously, you know, laps aren't being taken because you're running at a slower speed. Yeah, but, but the good thing about this year is we haven't had too many safety cars. So that's probably not an effect. That's not an effect that they can really worry about. Yeah, but to be fair, they've been timed anyway because they're yeah. all time certain. Um, that's true. Good point. Yeah, and, and look, if you go through and look at it, and I, I bet you this is what's happened in some areas, is that they've looked at the they've looked at the way these races play out. And the, the midday Sunday race is the least watched race of a weekend. It's a mm-hmm. fact. Um, smaller audience. Um, I, I, there is something for me in the day building to the race at the end of the day um, and and that progression to get to it and then the build up. And I feel like if you, yeah, you, you've got that one big race a day, it probably makes it feel more important than perhaps it is. I totally agree with the fact about the race starts providing the action, but Ultimately, that's down to the category to make the, the racing better. And maybe this is the format that does it. Maybe this is the the balance that, from a tyre wear perspective, from a fuel, yeah, I don't know. Ultimately, it's only three rounds, isn't it? Um, Perth, Darwin, Tasmania. So it's not going to change an enormous amount. Darwin's got their own thing and, and all the other events have got their own thing going on. In fact, next year, there'll be, there's probably more variety in the race formats than we've had for a little while, which actually is quite good. So, yeah. yeah, it's interesting. Oh. oh, let's get straight into our Caltex Hots and Knots. I'm sure we've got a few to talk about. Uh, yes, well, Hots. Uh, I'd like to give... Actually, no, I'm going to start with the big one. So, Hot. The temperature of the sun is uh, 15 million degrees C, give or take, which is only slightly cooler than the level of hotness... Uh, that the National Motor Racing Museum and our good friend of the show, Brad Owen, get for allowing me to sit in the greatest racing car ever made, 05, the uh, Holden Diller team, 1984 Bathurst winner, which is owned by the Bathurst Regional Council. And after a little PR stunt, uh, taking all the world touring car drivers on a tour of the museum, which several of them thoroughly enjoyed, uh, a good chunk of them spent the time on the television watching SVG's burnouts from the Adelaide 500 last year. Ted Bjork was very impressed with those. Uh, they disappeared. Um, it was raining outside. Uh, we were standing chatting and Brad was like, do you want to sit in 05? I was like, oh, and I thought about it for a, a micron. So that was pretty great. So the National Motor Racing Museum, outstanding, uber, scorching, dead set, fair dinkum department hot. Now, I need to have the not rebuttal straight away, please, sir, mm. is that, you're such a master of medianness mm. that you posted that photo on all of your social platforms and all your stories, but at slightly different times, just to rub it in to yeah. all us peasants, yeah. Yeah. you maximize the possible exposure you, you could have from that situation. So yeah. I, I tip my hat to you, but you're not my friend anymore. So whatever. Yeah, no, that's fine. I understand. I wouldn't be my friend either. Uh, I get that. That's fine. Uh, hot Jude Barguana at the after party. That's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> he's, a, he's a dude, isn't he? He's a lad. Outstanding. <laughs> hot Greg Russ taking over the DJ booth at the after party. At the What's Oct. the genuine skills there? Genuine. Fantastic. Wow. Carl, Carl Cox is sure. Well, Carl Cox actually, he sort of gets hot. It, I met Carl Cox, presented the trophies. Lovely guy. Super, Super bloke. Boy. Turns out does pretty well from DJing. So all power to him. Struggled a bit with the checkered flag waving for the last race though. But old buddy, he started slowly, but recovered, brought it back. Nice work. Uh, Hot, the guy who came up to me while we were standing doing our closer for TV, Josh Bucken celebrating in the background and just came up to me, nodded and said, I reckon that'll make the power rankings and wandered off. I I can't remember who you were, sir, but thank you. And yes, you're right. I love that, that we're now just part of the lexicon. It's so good. Um, hot Marcus Flax car control Ugh. and how it's improved over the start of the year. Now at the start of the year in the opening round of sprint challenge, you might remember he fired it off a turn one an equally fast high speed corner. It took the splitter off. He fired it off across the bowels of other cars. It was all drama. It was all chaos. It killed his weekend at Bathurst. He fired it off at McPhillamy park, McPhillamy park caught it, dropped three spots and managed to finish fifth and kept his weekend alive. That's a hot. Well done. Uh, hot. Supporting local business, for instance, on Sunday night, I only drank BX Lager, brewed by our great friends at Reckless Brewing. Uh, Also hot, uh, Panadol 
and the Bathurst Macca's breakfast on Monday morning, having consumed quite a good chunk of uh, Reckless Brewing's BX Lager uh, with a special bonus hot to Crema on George for their extra large triple shot flat white. Uh, and that's my hots for this week. I'm just going to leave it right there. And I've only got the one hot. Calendar's out. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been waiting to say it. Good, move on. I'm going to not your enthusiasm there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm. uh, look, good news this week for those working in the motorsport media. It appears that Yuki Sonoda has hooked up with his PR girl. So, oh, uh, there on. is hope. If you, yeah, there is hope if you want to hook up with a Japanese, small <laughs> Japanese Formula One driver. <laughs> Richard. Can't wait for the Grand Prix next year. Wow. <laughs> okay, then. Uh, moving right along. Uh, did you see the sprint cars blasting around the track at Sonoma and an oval that they made mm. out of the last hairpin? Uh, that was uh, pretty good. Maybe that's the solution. We just repurpose existing bits of racetrack and turn them into sprint car tracks. I'm, uh, and I'm looking at you, Queensland Raceway. Yep. Yeah. What about Malalalalala? Oh, I think you could possibly do that there, track. couldn't you? Mm-hmm. Could we have a speedway at the Thunderdome then? Oh, that'd be dangerous. Yes. Well, they, yeah. they they put clay on Bristol. Yeah. Need a fair bit of clay. But uh, in similar things, the Sydney Dragway has taken over the operation of the Trouble Speedway at the deep end of their strip. And they are looking to put management in place, which I think is a fairly sensible outcome there. Hopefully they can get back up and running soon. And hopefully that's, stops a bit of the potential drama that there would have been about having the speedway cause dust and upset the drag strip. If it's all coming under the one umbrella, then hopefully they can be get along if that's possible. Big, hmm. big hot that is. That's a good hot. Um, at the Sandown Historics in the weekend, there was plenty of great machinery and it was all very well driven. Well, most of it was very well driven and it was great to see. However, there were, there were a handful of competitors there who just, Gave me my golden ticket job idea that's going to make me millions of dollars. <laughs> For those uh, completely lacking a sense of direction, I'm going to sell them race lines. There was one dude, he literally just hugged the inside line of the racetrack, like just drove down. It was like he was shadow blocking the whole field, but there was no one near him. He was just, yeah, it was pretty wild. Never miss um, an apex? Oh, only the left-hand ones he got. <laughs> Um, but you know, with my painted, painted it offering of race lines, that individual not only stopped being a danger to motorsport, but they'll probably go twice as fast as they did in the weekend. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to wheeling that out in future. One bloke who did in fact, absolutely master his race lines is my new hero. He's a guy called Stephen Russell Clark. Now I don't know if he's related to Peter Russell, Peter Clark. Russell Clark. Yeah. You know, the original Where's come and get it. Come, come and get it. Get it. Yep, what a, that's what a it. Oh, good. I'm, glad, I'm Mate, glad you were on that. Yeah, song of my childhood, right yeah, there. Well, that, you've based your facial hair on him too. Yeah, oh, totally, absolutely. He's you one of my him. idols. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> I mean, what are the odds that they're not related? Really? Well, I know. Uh, he was pedalling around an Austin A40 on the weekend in the historic tourist, and dead set, the go he had was absolutely red hot. <laughs> Maybe the Austin A40 is simply the biggest legend maker in Australian motorsport, and we should park Formula Ford and Hyundai XLs and just focus on Austin <laughs> A40s. If it was good enough for Brocky, and if it's good enough for... Um, Stephen Russell Clark or Peter Russell Clark for that matter, yes. maybe we should just focus <laughs> on Austin A40s. Good point. Um, and finally, my final hot for this week, uh, during the stand broadcast on the weekend from Bathurst, there was a segment where the international drivers sat down and were asked to name Australian things <laughs> like a boomerang, a footy and a, a bunning snag, stuff like that. Now, I sat down with my four-year-old and while this was happening and he struggled as much as the international drivers <laughs> until there was uh, one, they flashed one up at the end, which was <laughs> clearly taking the piss, but my mm. little mate blurted out, that's Uncle Richard. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I'd i like to thank Michael Stratus from Motorsport Australia because without my knowledge, he and Greg Russ put that in there. Um, and I'd also like to say I'm quite proud that the two people that actually got it right and only knew it, one of them was the 2012 FIA World Touring Car Champion. That's not bad. Uh, he and was the on the one... podcast last week talking to you, though. We, but we yeah. recorded that before. Wow. Um, that was recorded in Monday on Sydney. Um, and the other one was uh, a, a gentleman from Argentina who gave me my nickname for the remainder of the weekend was Nesta Gilrami, who just went, ah, Ricardo. And um, Ricardo. so for the remainder of the week, I was Ricardo. So um, thank you, Nesta. I, I actually quite enjoyed it. It was a nice little change. 
That's very, very nice. Okay, let's get into our knots. I keep mine fairly uh, short this week because I know Mark has uh, some teeing off to do. Um, next year's calendar is stupid. Uh, the whole lot, like all of it. Uh, and whilst there is definitely not enough uh, supercar racing, uh, in, in some things there could be too much of a good thing. Allow me, if you don't mind, to walk you through the final six events of the year on and I will give you the Sundays only because we are short on time. Sunday, October the 13th is the Bathurst 1000. Sunday, October the 20th, the Speed Series at Sydney Motorsport Park. Sunday, October the 27th, the Gold Coast 500. Sunday, November 3, Race Sydney World TCR. Sunday, November 10, Bathurst International. Sunday, November 17, Velo Adelaide 500. And by the end of that, if we're still alive, I will be very, very surprised. Wow. That anyone on who's doing the national tour in speed series and supercars, oh boy, wowie, that is going to be massive. Uh, that's it's a lot on the upside, at least they don't clash. But, um, man, I've got some work to do before then, that's going to be big. Um, and personally, a few little things I'm not particularly pleased about Darwin clashes with Lamore. That's not great. Mm. That's not great. Uh, an event at the Bend uh, clashes with my birthday. So that's kind oh. of good because it's home, but yeah, I don't know. I'd rather be a, home. And it's a decent stat next year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit of a, uh, it's not quite way the cricket bat, but we're getting there. Um, so that's a little knot. Anyway, uh, finally, two further knots. Not to the Bathurst McDonald's because what one needs after one after parties uh, is a midnight Macca's run. And we found the most sober person we could find, commandeered their car, where, bearing in mind... I we hope were, they were actually sober. They, they were, were actually yeah. sober. I do not right. condone drinking and driving, Mark. Um, we commandeered them to drive us to the Macca's, which was maybe 400 metres away from where we were staying, but let's not let the facts get in the way of a good story. Uh, to rock up to the drive-through where there was a reasonable queue, only to be told that they were closed for half an hour. Who closes a McDonald's at half an hour and a midnight on Sunday night when there's a bunch of drunk motor racing people in town? Bad business decision. Do you remember the conversation we had last week about businesses needing to be more switched on about how they operate around motor racing times? That is a number one example. Bad, bad Maccas. Um, and a special note to, I think, the only... the <laughs> only yes, The only... I think there's one Uber Eats driver in Bathurst and uh, man, he, he was busy on Sunday night because it was going to take 45 minutes to get uh, Macca's delivered to the Panorama. So um, what was the reason for the closure though? Uh, we, we, we I'm going to speculate that a motorsport person had a blowout. I'm possibly, just gonna... possibly, but uh, yeah, no good. Cause after like they go drive through only after midnight, just open the door, mate. You were about to make 500 bucks in cheeseburgers. Um, and finally, uh, that's not, just Grosley's order. Not after parties. And then why not? After party, not. After parties. Only because of the feeling after the they're, after party. They're a danger to your health, Shebex. <laughs> it's bad as smoke. All right, Mark, tell you off. Off you go. So, oh, what's yours? Oh, yeah, what do you got, Shebex? No, no, I've got nothing. Good on you. Um, I'm going to not Richard Crail for not being organised to two weeks in a row, figuring out that you get to midnight and you want to eat. Dude, have, have a snack at six o'clock or something. No, I did. Right, but it's the it's the preventative midnight feast when you've gone out and had many of BX lagers from Reckless Brewing, our friends. Uh, it's it's that important feed that you miss. I had dinner that night. Okay, carry on. Not, Actually, yeah. Tony. I, I do have a knot. Then it yeah. just occurred to me. The other day I was driving to work, and yes. there was a Caltech service station that had. Unleaded petrol at a dollar seventy eight. Oh, which I thought was fantastic. There was a BP service station, literally two hundred meters down the road, that had it for two dollars twenty seven. Oh, how do you get a forty cent discrepancy in well, petrol prices? Caltech should be a great company, a great fine, Sorry. fine company. That's why they're uh, they're a perpetual hot. Oh, yeah, true. Good dance. Wow. That's a good nomination. Glad you thought of that. Well, uh, I, I'm just about to induct someone in the not hall of shame, Excellent. but it's going to be BP. Um, <laughs> Mikel as Kona. I'm sorry, Mikel. 
but you're going in the not hall of shame for driving straight un- into the fence under safety car at the end of the final TCR race. <laughs> Robbing the world of that one lap dash to the flag, especially with two titles on the line. Mikel, he came out after the race and he blamed a steering issue, which from my observation, the issue is that he forgot to steer and he just <laughs> drove straight into the fence. Seriously, that was bloody awful. It was just terrible. If that happened to some geriatric in a car park down at Woolies, they'd distract him while they'd take his driver's license out of his wallet and rip it up. Seriously. The only thing I've seen worse than that was when Jason Ackermanis ended up on his lid at Tasmania and no, his on the warm-up. No, that can happen. <laughs> Mikel, he ruined my weekend. To sit there for two days of racing <laughs> and to end the TCR World Tour Aussie League like that was just garbage. You know, I was in the market for a Hyundai up until the weekend. Now I'm considering <laughs> whatever the opposite of a Hyundai is. <laughs> You're going to buy an Audi A3 TCR. Oh, like, I don't care. Is it like a tank or something? I don't care. I'm just not interested. Absolutely turned me off. Um, I've mentioned it here before. On No, that is a serious matter. That was terrible. Mm. Um, I've mentioned it here before, but it's bloody hard to put race meetings on at Bathurst. It's a big commitment to get there. It's a massive track. It's incredibly labour intensive. It was noted on the coverage on the weekend that there were 200 officials there. It's noted at the Bathurst 1000 that there's something like 600 officials. Obviously, there's more people out and about in the paddock and manning grandstands and all that sort of jazz. So it's uh, apples and oranges. But uh it was very noticeable on the TV that multiple flag points only had one person standing on point. And mm. the worrying thing here is that you need two people on a point for them to function properly. You know, one to be looking downstream with a yellow flag and the other to be looking upstream with a green and a blue flag and also having the back of the, the flag who has their back to the traffic. You know, you could see clearly see that the preference was looking at the traffic that's coming towards them, which is completely understandable, but then that leaves nobody covering yellow flags. And you kind of really need that on top of the hill at Bathurst where there are genuinely can, you know, big consequences if yellows aren't waved in a timely manner. You know, a very big, massive thank you goes out to all the volunteers who made it to the event and made it happen. But I reckon putting an, an additional event on there next year isn't going to solve that issue. Well, um, and remember my list of those events at the end of next year, two of them are at the other two are at City Motorsport Park. Yep. So, yeah, they're going to have to wrap their arms around those officials for uh, for the end of next year, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Las Vegas Grand Prix this weekend, Sigh. Once again, reiterating what's been said previously, but it's on at five o'clock Australian time, Sunday, Arvo, Perfect. But locally on the east coast of the USA, it concludes at 3 a.m., which is an epic fail if the whole reason for you to go to racing in America is to grow the sport in that part of the world. Also, it just happens that the weather at the end of November in Nevada at, in the desert at midnight will be freezing. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't think about that. And they've come out and said that they didn't think about that. So that'll yep. be a talking point. Uh, the PEDEX will probably be a talking point because it seems to rejoin straight onto the racing line. But whatever, we'll figure that out as we go along. That TikTok uh, video about the leaked start of the Grand Prix is fantastic. That was pretty good. <laughs> um, the, the track map looks like a dead pig. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, after the initial run of tickets being marketed for thousands of dollars per person, you can apparently now buy a ticket that will see the racetrack on race day for 150 bucks. So what do you reckon is going to happen next year? I'm betting the people won't dolly up for a $10,000 ticket straight off the bat, and they'll probably wait for the fire sale at last minute. Yep. I reckon there won't be any $10,000 tickets at the start. Uh, yeah, well, good luck with that. And finally, they will have a shoey bar where beverages will be sh- served in race boots, a concept that thoroughly disgusts me. <laughs> that's that's not and good. Yeah, yep. Daniel Ricardo should charge licensing fees for that too. Ryle Harris. He, Ryle yeah. Harris invented it, yeah. Exactly. Yep. Mm. Um, not goes to on-track commentary being done poorly. It irritates me when promoters are willing to charge good money for people to attend race meetings at all levels, only to provide commentary for televised bits of proceedings. And also like Saturday at Sandown where admission was 40 bucks a pop and the spruiking kicked on, kicked in after qualifying was complete. I think it's rude and it's poor service. I hate to sound like a bit of an old man yelling at clouds, but I remember back in the day, back in my day, when we used to commentate stuff at Lakeside and Queensland Raceway and Morgan Park, you just got out there and commentated. 
mm. you know, and we were charging 10 bucks a head to go in there and watch yeah. the stuff, you know. I think it's sad that we've gone backwards in that department, servicing fans who go to the effort of turning up trackside. And, um, oh, well, sorry, oh, well, I'm just, choked I'm up sorry, about it. Off, so, I so choked up, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I've used up all my commentary voice. Yeah. Um, the other week, uh, the grass cutting at Calder was a hot, but this week it is a not long grass in the outfield, the spectator area at Sandown the weekend. It was not good enough. You know, you'd let it slide, but it was the same at the V8s and the Speed Series earlier this year. Uh, and, you know, it's almost as if they've given up on car racing. You know, the Ben's already been named mm. as an enduro round in 2025. Something will have to give. Will that be the end of Sandown? Question mark. Mm. And finally, I'm sad to report there are no tangents this week drawing together either Pizza Hut, Travis Kelsey, or Taylor Swift into motorsport. Damn it. Don't. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> And on that bombshell, and on that bombshell, over. quickly go through the competition again, Richard, in case people missed it a little bit earlier. Uh, TRT Facebook page. Make sure you like the City Rural Facebook page. We will link to that. Tell us the three different cars City Rural has sponsored in Australian motorsport this year. It's not rocket science. One of them is at the Adelaide 500, literally in the main race. It's going to be amazing. Uh, the other one... Might have been Aussie Racing Cars, possibly, uh, and uh, the other one in the Ute. So tell us the three cars City Rural has sponsored, uh, and uh, 10 people will get a full access all areas, garage and pit lane tour of uh, the Truck Assist Racing Jack LeBrock Chevy Camaro team at the Velo Adelaide 500. Obviously, you will need to be in Adelaide to receive this prize, but it's a pretty Andy. good prize. It is one of those money-can't-buy things. So... Uh, yeah, get on board, get on the Facebook page, at the Race Talk, uh, like the City Rural page, tell us the drivers, and uh, you will win. Beautiful stuff. Great work, boys. Thank you again. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Weekend off. Adelaide next week. Yeah, Adelaide oh, next I'm week. I'm looking forward to doing this podcast next week from the Adelaide office. Yep, from the Adelaide oh, yes. studios. That'll be excellent. Yeah, I'll make sure go. the Beautiful. Uh, microphone's around the right way this time. Good on you. Hmm. All right. Catch you, uh, catch you then. We'll catch you again next week right here on the grid.